0: Welcome to the Sermon Podcast for Canton Church. We gather every week in Canton, Georgia to worship and grow together through God's Word. We exist because generations matter. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. You've already been greeted a bunch, and uh, hopefully you feel welcomed here, but we're glad that you're here today. Uh, you heard that a little bit. We were having some technical issues, but make sure you reserve your tickets for Christmas, all right? That's the biggest thing you need to know about. All the other stuff's good stuff. It's on the website. Make sure you reserve your tickets. I know you're thinking, well, I don't, I don't think I ever had to do that to go to church. Well, you would help us a ton because at Christmas, there are a variety of people that are coming with friends and family members, and we're trying to offer as many opportunities for people to come and to be here. And so we've got our normal two, 9 30 and 11 on Sunday, but we also have the two identical services on Friday night before some of you leave town. So, but when school gets out, hang around, go to service with us on Friday night. Then, if you've got a jet out on Saturday, you can do that. But we'd love to have you be a part of that, but help us do that. We had about 60 or 70 tickets reserved just in the last few, you know, like days, maybe two days or so. So, we'd love for you to make sure sure the service that you want to attend that there's space there so go ahead and grab your tickets for you your family members that would help us a ton have you ever been surprised at christmas Like, has anybody ever gotten something you just weren't expecting? I'm not talking about you put it on your Christmas list and like you were hoping or you had already seen the credit card statement, you knew it was coming. But I'm talking about like, you were literally surprised. Like you didn't even know that it was happening. You didn't even know they heard you hint about it those 40 times. And so like, you didn't think there was any way they could have known. And so you were genuinely surprised. Anybody ever been surprised at Christmas? Okay, just eight or nine of us. Okay, so the rest of us, we've always known what we were gonna get before we got it. That's fine. When I was like 13, I wasn't 13, I was 12 maybe, um, I found out where my parents hid Christmas gifts. Um, And I I wasn't serving the Lord at that point in my life. And so so I went and snuck and looked at my gifts. And then I told my best friend about it. Well, that was a mistake. Because my best friend, we're no longer on speaking terms, went and told my mom, Jeremy knows everything he's getting for Christmas. And so my mom brought justice in the American way to my behind, even at 12 years old. That was one of the last spankings I ever got, because she realized, like, it didn't hurt as much as she wanted it to hurt. But she was like, you're taking all the surprise out of Christmas, She was like, how boring to show up on Christmas morning and just get all the stuff you've already seen. And I was like, no, I'm really excited about all these things still. She was like, no, I'm taking them all back. I'm taking all of it back. Well, she lied because I got all those same things. But a couple years ago when we were uh, moving into this building we had been at Sequoia High School, that's where we had met for uh, about four years, and so we were moving into this facility, and we had been in construction, and so right around that Christmas season, it was pretty busy. We were here a lot of days, and some into the evenings, most evenings, as we were concluding all the construction, all the things that needed to be done. We eventually would move in just a couple weeks there into January, but we were, we were just really busy here at the church leading up to Christmas, And then at the same time, and I don't recommend this, we were selling our house. And so we were kind of going to close on our house and move into a new house, uh, you know, a few weeks separated from moving into the church. Well, everything got moved around, and so we ended up opening the church on Sunday, and we closed on our new house on Wednesday. I don't recommend that. I would not do it again. But in that season, like... My wife did an incredible job decorating our house for Christmas and, and doing some things, but none of the Christmas gifts got wrapped in advance of Christmas. And so our kids would kind of come walking through the living room, and they would look with longing at the Christmas tree and see nothing underneath it, and be like, oh, I'm so sad, you know? And we we're like, we're so sorry. Like, it's been busy. Like, we, you know, there's a lot going on at the church, and there's a lot going on at the house, and so, like, we're just... You're probably not gonna have like a big Christmas this year. The Christmas gift is our new house, you know, congratulations. They weren't nearly as excited about that as I thought they would be. But like, and so Christmas Eve, no gifts under the tree. And you know, they're young. Some of our, our youngest kids, they were young and they were just like sad about it. They went to Christmas, went to bed on Christmas Eve sad. It was like, I, my parents are the Grinch, you know, like they were sad. And so Corey and I stayed up way yonder too late on Christmas Eve. We nearly bumped into Santa Claus, I'm convinced, because like we were up way too late and we finally went to bed. We wrapped all these gifts. And so when they woke up on Christmas morning and walked downstairs, it was like, oh my gosh, what happened? They were genuinely surprised that we actually had gotten Christmas for them because we had been convincing. I know it says don't provoke your children to anger, (laughs) but I don't think he meant that. Because it's so much fun sometimes. I, I mean, it just is. And so we just convinced them that, like, there was no Christmas that year, you know? And then they woke up on Christmas morning, and it was awesome. I love surprising our kids. I love surprising my wife. I love surprising people. And I love watching people get surprised. I really do. Not like... Not like on Ellen or Oprah or who, you know, Jay Leno or whatever, where they would have people like walk through, you know, the the haunted house and you'd see, like, not that. I mean, that's kind of funny, but it's also a little bit scary and demented that we're watching people get scared. But not that. I mean, like, when I'm watching a ball game and they've got the family, the military family there to, like, throw out the first pitch Or to be honored with something and mom or dad's like up on the video screen like, hey, I'm all the way over in Afghanistan. And then you turn around and dad or mom is right there. Oh, my goodness. I'm not crying. You're crying. But like I love watching those moments. It's so exciting to see the surprise and those kids like just bawling their eyes out like, oh, my gosh, he's home and she's home. And like it's I love watching people get surprised which is one of my favorite parts about Christmas. And it's one of my favorite parts about the Christmas story. Because again, here's here's the tension. We know this story. Like even if you're not a person of faith, even if you're not really kind of familiar with the church, you know this story. This is the Christmas story. This is the story of the shepherd and the wise men, and this is the story of Joseph and Mary and the manger and baby Jesus, and like this is the story. We know this story. It's a story that's it's just ingrained in our culture, and so so many of us were familiar with the story and the elements of the story. So we miss some of the powerful moments of the story. Last week we talked a little bit about how stories are constructed. And we talked about how these stories, when they come together, they build on one another and there's a hero and there's conflict and there's tension and there's a setback and there's a guide. And we talked about how all this comes to this resolution. But if we're not careful, our familiarity with the story causes us to miss the power of the story. And in this story, there is the element of surprise. Not only that, but there is the element of something else. It's it's best described in in that Christmas carol, that Christmas song that we sing, O Holy Night, when it comes to that line where it says, The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. That sense of anticipation. Like, that's one of the exciting things as a parent now about Christmas. It's not what I'm going to get. It was the fact that a few days ago, and Corey put this on Instagram, it was cool to watch our our two youngest kids that are in elementary school went to like the Santa shop or whatever they call it at uh, their school. And so we send in money, we pay for our own gifts, I'm not really sure how that works, but we send in money for our children to go to Santa's little workshop or whatever there and they pick out gifts. And so... You know what I got? Like when they got home, they were so excited they went ahead and showed us. They could not wait until Christmas morning. My kids were so excited, right? Kinley, I'll tell you that one in a second. Tucker got me a dad bottle opener slash utility tool keychain. I would put it in my pocket, but it would cut my leg. You understand what I'm saying? Like. But it says dad on it. And I think he just kind of walked through looking for anything that said dad. Kenley bought me a nativity Christmas ornament. Doesn't say dad on it. And so when Corey asked her, well, like, why did you think about this for dad? And she was like, because he's the pastor. I know, I'm not crying. You're crying, right? (laughs) I was like, help me, Lord. I mean, but they were so excited. Tucker bought Corey these glitter hair clips that I will pay her money to wear in public. You understand? Right? And, and some, like, holiday earrings. I think she's wearing those to the volunteer Christmas party tonight. And, and so, like, like, just, they were so excited. There, there's, there's the thrill of anticipation, the thrill of hope. There's a difference in surprise and hope, Right? Because the definition of hope is that it's a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Expectation, desire, I hope. I'm making out a Christmas list. I'm writing the things that I hope to get on my Christmas list. But surprise is kind of the opposite of that, it's the unexpected. It's not the expectation. It's not the desire. It's the unexpected. It's those things that come that we weren't expecting. We were not expecting the dad to be in the catcher's mask, catching the opening pitch from the son who thought his dad was halfway around the world. Like it was a surprise. We weren't expecting it. Now, now we kind of expect it. We see that this is happening, but there's a difference in surprise, the element of surprise and the thrill of hope. Well, the Christmas story contains both, which is what's so powerful. It contains the element of surprise, but it also contains the thrill of hope, But it says that the, the thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Why was the world weary? The world at this point was weary, at least the story of the world that we're collecting in the Gospels, because we see in the Bible narrative here that the, the children of Israel, the, the Jewish people, they were weary because they were in captivity, they were in bondage, they weren't ruling themselves, and they were waiting on the soon-coming king. And the prophets of the Old Testament had been declaring that he was coming. The, prophet, the, the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming. And then the prophets go silent for 400 years. There's a weariness there when you feel like God is not talking to you anymore when you feel like God is not listening to you, when you feel like God is not within a million miles of what's going on in your life. You know, in the early days of that struggle, you're like, okay, well, you know, maybe God's listening. Maybe God's working on my behalf in the background and I just can't see him. But there is a weariness there when you feel like day after day after day after day, God is silent about your circumstances. There's a weariness to the world. But here's what I recognize even in this story. Perhaps my weariness today is actually about some of the things that I was hoping for yesterday, right? If you think about your life right now, the weariness that I feel right now about my job, perhaps, is the job that I was hoping for in some yesterdays, right? And so if I recouch it into, okay, you know, yes, it's I'm weary, I'm tired, I don't love every aspect of my job, but it's actually what I was hoping for, maybe it allows me not to be so weary Anymore. We say, well, I'm a, the weariness in my marriage, I'm weary, I'm tired, I don't know how we're going to make it, we're, we're fighting, we're, there's conflict, there's tension all the time. There's some weariness there, and I'm not sure how we're going to make it, but that weariness is actually a part of the things that we were hoping for in some yesterdays that we would have someone to share and do life with. The weariness today, perhaps... Is what we were hoping for in our yesterday's. The children of Israel were weary because they didn't have the king that they wanted. But actually, all the way back, they were the ones that asked for a king. See, God had a different plan. He was constructing a different story. And they said, "Hey, all the nations around us—they have kings. Can you send us a king?" And so then there was Saul, and then there was David, and then there was the line of David, and then they were captured, and then they were, you know, kind of they were exiled, and they, they came back, and then they were captured, and so like. The weariness today could actually be the result of something that we hoped for yesterday. And so then we come to this crazy place where God shows up in the midst of this story and he surprises some people that we're not expecting to see him. And that's where we're going to find the rest of our time today. But I want us to answer this question. When was the last time that you allowed God to surprise you? When was the last time that you and I allowed God to surprise us? We put God in a box. We think this is what God can do. This is what God can't do. This is what God is capable of. This is what He's not capable of. Here's how we get into the presence of God. Here's how we talk to God. Here's how we hear from God. But what if God desires to surprise you? And we come to this beginning in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. And when they had seen him, they spread word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed, your translation may say, surprised at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. In this story that we all know so well, There were shepherds who were out in the fields near the place where the baby had been born. Now, here's the thing. I don't know what your context for shepherding is. I don't have a lot of context for shepherding. But shepherds in that day and time were some of the lowest people in society. Like of the working class, this was about as low as you could go. Very few people in that culture would have been looked down upon more than they looked down upon shepherds because shepherds were out with sheep. They were out in the fields. They weren't even in the everyday hustle and bustle of life. They weren't involved in the communication and the conversation and the way that we did life. They were just out by themselves doing their own thing in the wild blue yonder talking to animals And so they were just looked down upon. They were not the kinds of people, if you and I were writing a great story and we wanted to change the trajectory of all of mankind, that we would have given that message to. We would have given it to the higher-ups in society. We would have given it to those that Malcolm Gladwell calls the sneezers, those who you give information to or you give your product to, so that they can then take that and show other people that they need that product too. This is who we would have given that message to. But no, 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 they... God, in this story, gave it to shepherds. Angels show up, and the shepherds are surprised. They're amazed. They're terrified. One translation says they were sore afraid. You ever been sore afraid? Not like afraid. You've been so afraid, it like hurts you. You're sore. The other night, I sent Tucker down to the basement of our house to get something, and he was almost shaking. He was so nervous to go downstairs. In our house, behind the alarm with all doors locked because it was the basement, right? I don't know what the basement of your life is, but where you're just like sore afraid. You're just so afraid of your circumstances and what's going on in your life, you don't know how you're gonna make it. You're just kinda out there doing life. I imagine that the Monday through Friday for most of us is that, I'm not talking about like you don't love your job or you don't love your life, I'm just saying it's kind of the routine. And if we're not careful, the routine lulls us to sleep. It lulls us to hopelessness. It lulls us to weariness. It lulls us into this same context that the shepherds found themselves out in the middle of a field on a regular night with the sheep and the stars in the sky. And all of a sudden, they were surprised. God used the element of surprise to speak about the thrill of hope. And so today, I want to give you three thoughts right out of this story that I believe we can actually learn from the shepherds. If you find yourself today in a weary season, if Christmas for you is something that's produced weariness in your soul, if you're not sure how to find hope anymore because you are so filled with hopelessness, And you don't know how you're going to make it. You don't know how you're going to take one foot and put it in front of the other foot and put it in front of the other foot and just keep moving. You're not even sure how you're going to do that. I want to give us three thoughts today right out of this story that I believe bring together the element of surprise and the thrill of hope when we find ourselves weary. And the first one is this. we got to look for new things. Look at what we just read in verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. They saw something different. Now, I've said this before, and I'm not a counselor by any stretch, but when I meet with people that are walking through that sore, afraid type of season, that weary type of season, that hopeless type of season, if we're not careful, we actually multiply its effect on us because we tend to like start to turn inward and isolate ourselves, And so what happens is as we isolate ourselves and as we turn inward and we quit talking to people and we quit leaning into relationships and as we, as we quit doing all these other things where we engage other people in the things that are happening, as we turn inward, we start looking at the same thing. We become fixed on the same images. We become fixed on those same things that actually just keep us locked in in hopelessness and locked in in our weariness. But it actually says there that the angel appeared to them. They had to turn their attention from the sheep, from the field, from the stars, from the sky, from the back of their eyelids, whatever it is. They had to turn their attention and see something new. They had to change the scenery. And for some of us, if you're weary, if you're hopeless and you're not really sure how you're going to make it in this season, I would encourage you to look for new things get out of your house, get out of your office, go on a walk, go on a long drive, do something different so that you can see something different. The idea here is if you've got your favorite restaurants, I don't know if you're like me, I pretty much could tell you right now what I'm going to order at any restaurant in town, right? Because I just, I go in and I don't, you know, I'm like, I don't even need to look at the menu. I'll tell you what I'll take right now, right? Lunch fajitas. That's what I'll take. I'll just, just right here, just, you don't even have to just bring me, like, because I know what I want. Here's what I would tell you. Order something different. Shock your system. Open it up and look at a different page on the menu. Some of you, the best thing you could do when you come to church next Sunday, sit in a different seat, right? Just move to a different section. Some of you, I had somebody tell me this a couple weeks ago. They go, can you believe somebody was sitting in my seat? (laughs) I don't know if they were serious or not, but I was like, heck yeah, I hope we got more people sitting in your seat every single week. Get me uncomfortable, Lord. Move me around. Help me see different things. I promise you, service from this side of the room is completely different from service in this side of the room. Some of you that are all the way in the back, we got great seats, five together right here up front. I got five together. I feel like I'm scalping tickets just right here. If you want to come face value, they're free of charge. Like Change what you're looking for and see if you don't begin to get different results. The second thing is this. You need to listen to new voices. Listen to new voices. Look at this in verse 10. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Not only do you need to look for new things, you need to listen to some new voices. My fear is that we just keep listening to the same voices that help to get us into this mess. You need to be reading new books. You need to be listening to some new podcasts. You need to change the radio station that's set in your car. You need to change the channel on Spotify or Pandora, whatever. You need to be listening to some new things to change what's going into your ears so that there are new thoughts in your mind. And and here's the reality as I read through this passage of Scripture. It says, do not be afraid. The angel said to the shepherd, do not be afraid, which means that they were afraid. Something that they had seen, something that was happening, it had caused them to fear. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Here's a filter about whether or not you need to be listening to some new voices. Do they ever bring you good news? It got quiet in here, right? I understand that. Do they ever bring me good news? Some of, some of our closest friends and family members and relatives, all they ever do is give us bad news. All they ever do is, I mean, when we walk away, I preached about this a couple weeks ago, We walk away from them. We feel worse than we ever felt before we got in their presence. I bring you good news, the angel said. (coughs) Not only that, later on the heavenly host comes, the company of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, it's why I believe one of the things that you need to do is you need to get into church. Now I realize I'm preaching to the choir, so I'm just talking to the people listening on podcast right now. That's the only people I'm talking to. You need to be in church on a regular basis. If you find yourself in a season of weariness and hopelessness, the first thing that you want to do is isolate. I don't feel like going today. That's probably the day you need to go. I don't don't feel like singing when I get here. That's probably the day you need to sing. I don't feel like talking to anybody today. That's probably the day you need to be the most friendly, extroverted that you can possibly be and just see who God might bring into your path, who might have an encouraging word for you that can bring you good news and glorify God. That could be exactly what you need because some of the voices in our lives in these seasons of weariness or hopelessness that we may find ourselves in are not life giving. They're not life giving to us. How, how many of those voices in our lives, when we leave them, do we feel better about our circumstance? we feel better about our situation? Do we feel better about what's happening and what God is capable of doing? How many of those people raise our expectation level and raise our faith level? Those are the people we need to be talking to, and we need to get rid of some of those other voices. I'm not saying forever. I'm not saying you cut them off forever, but I'm saying in this season, we may need to lower the level of volume that they have into our lives we need to look for new things, and we need to listen to new voices. And the third thing is this. We need to go some new places. Verse 15 and 16 say this. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. When I, when I think about this, I think about this powerful statement and I don't know if it was the collective voice of the shepherds saying to one another in unison, let's go and see this thing, or if it was just one shepherd speaking up and going, hey guys, I know, I know we're supposed to stay here with the sheep. I know we're supposed to be out in the field by ourselves, but I want to go see it. I want to go see what's happening. I mean, what we just heard, what we just heard the song that was sung and what the angels declared, like, I want to go see it we got to go some new places. Those new places sometimes are about obedience. They're about risk. It feels risky to go some new places. But if we feel like God is saying, hey, there's something that you need to see. There's something that you need to do. There's something that I need you to hear in this season to shake you from your weariness, to shake you from your hopelessness. You need to get out and go some new places. You need to, I said it earlier, you need to take a long drive. You need to take a walk. You need to visit new restaurants. You need to go to a different coffee shop. You need to sit in a new seat. You need to do what you've been putting off, what you felt the Lord prompting you to do at some point over these last few days or weeks or months or years, and you've just been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. You need to do that. You need to go to that place and do that new thing. Because I believe that that will help change what's happening in your life. Pastor Mark Batterson, pastor's up in Washington, D.C., he says this. He says, change of pace plus change of place equals change of perspective. Change of pace plus change of place equals a change of perspective. We need to slow down. Or perhaps we've been slowed down for long enough and we've been laying around and sulking and contemplating. Maybe we need to get up and change our pace and get moving again. Change a place. We need to get out. We need to see new things. We need to go new places. We need to if we will do these things I believe it will change our perspective. I've been working through something in my head and Corey and I have been kind of processing some things that were going on in our heart and in our head and just some circumstances within our lives and some extenuating things. has nothing to do with the church at all, I promise, and just some things we've been processing and how are we going to do this and how are we going to do that and what do we think is going to happen here and what's the most creative way. And honestly, we were driving yesterday in a torrential downpour and just driving and it just rained rained and rained and rained and rained and rained and there was just something about my windshield wiper just continuing to just do that right in front of my face And about halfway back to my house, I had a new idea, something I hadn't thought about before. I was actually thinking about something else, but as I was trying to process that, I believe that kind of it dropped into my heart and my mind, and I thought, oh, you know what? That could be the answer we've been looking for. That that could be the creative idea. Change of pace plus change of place equals a change of perspective. There's something about that element of surprise and the thrill of hope in this story that when you just put it all together and you just mix it all up, you get something extraordinary. You get a baby in a manger. You get shepherds that were surprised and sore afraid saying, you know what, I want to go see it. So here's the question. When was the last time you allowed God to surprise you? Some of us, you've been walking with the Lord a long time. You know what to expect. You know how he works. You know how he speaks to you. You know what he says when he speaks to you. Maybe it's time for you to invite God to surprise you. Shock your system this Christmas season. Do something new. Ask you to take a risk. Take a step of faith, of boldness. Step out to go and see this thing that he's doing. Some of us, it may be time to lower the the voices in our lives and seek out new voices. Maybe we begin looking for new things so that we can see some new things. The problem is in in our lives so often we are consumed with our IQ, what we can comprehend, what we can intelligently make sense of, and we limit God by that. That's why I love that there's wise men in this story. So often we wrestle with this tension of our head and our heart, and yet these wise men looked up to the heavens and saw the star. They would have been looking for stars on a regular basis, but there was something about this star that they said, man, there's something different. Something different about this star, and so they just immediately took off. It was the thrill of hope. It was the sense of anticipation that something new was happening, and so they went and they said, hey, we must find the king. When was the last time you allowed God to surprise you when was the last time that you laid aside your IQ for a moment and you leaned into your HQ your hope quotient what are you hoping for this Christmas season what have you been hoping for for a long time that you just kind of laid down because the weariness has weighed you down and you just said I don't I don't think it'll ever happen for me I just, I'm just not convinced it's ever going to happen in my life, and so I'm just, I just leave it there, and you just turn around, and you just walk through fields day after day, tending sheep, doing the same old, same old, same old. But what if today, you would look back to this incredible Christmas story, and you would look to something new, you would listen to something new, so that you could go and do something new. On the other side of that act of obedience and that faith step and that hope-filled step, you wouldn't feel weary anymore. You would get there and find a baby lying in a manger that ultimately had to be what God was talking about all along. If you're weary today, I'm so sorry. If you're hopeless today, I'm so sorry. But if you're just comfortable today, I'm so sorry. My prayer for you, my hope for you is that we would be people that are constantly consumed with the thrill of hope. What could be, what can be, what God might do in our lives. That it would wake us up from our slumber and we would seek all that God desires to do in our lives. Wherever we're at, we say there must be more. There must be more. God must be calling me to more. God would not leave me here feeling weary or leave me here feeling comfortable. God desires for me to look to something new and listen for something new so I can go and do something new. The thrill of hope and the element of surprise so that he can give you this incredible gift that may look different than you thought but it's the gift of Christmas. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. Nobody's looking around. If you would say to me today, Jeremy, for me, I just, I know I need to enter into relationship with Jesus Christ. I recognize that I am not in relationship with him. I've fallen short of the glory of God according to scripture as everyone in this room has. But I don't want to miss this opportunity today to respond to him. Ask him to forgive my sins and lead and guide my lives. Would would you just lift your hand right where you're at? Thank you so much. Now, if you would say to me, Jeremy, I'm, I'm just weary. I'm hopeless. And I want God just to breathe hope into my life. I want him to surprise me. I want him to do something new in me. I want the thrill of hope again. Would you lift your hand right where you're at? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. God, I love you, I thank you for moments just like this. This is why we gather together, to engage you, to be in your presence. It's not just to sing songs. It's not just to hear somebody speak. We come to these moments so that we know we've met with you when we walk out of this place. We can be encouraged by one another, but ultimately we are encouraged because you are here with us. So God, now I pray for every person that's responded today to lift their hand, to ask you to be the Lord and Savior of their life. God, we never take it for granted that those that would walk into this place far from you would walk out of this place hand in hand with you. Forgive their sins and lead their lives from this moment forward. And God, now I pray for every weary soul in this place, every hopeless person. God, would you fill them with the thrill of hope Would you engage them with the element of surprise? Would you shock their system today? God, would you help them to walk out of this place with just a glimmer of hope that they may feel that God may be up to something for the first time in a long time? That God, maybe their marriage isn't over. Maybe their finances aren't as in bad trouble as they thought. Maybe their kids aren't as far gone as they thought. Maybe their job isn't as hopeless as they thought. Maybe their soul isn't so far gone that you can't reach them God, in this Christmas season, would you give them the greatest gift of all, the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. The baby in the manger is the Savior of the world. So God, today we lift you up in this place. I pray now a special prayer for those who may just be comfortable. They're just comfortable with the routine of life. God, would you make us uncomfortable? Let somebody sit in our seat. Let somebody shake us loose of our comfortable nature so that we have to see you in a little different way. We have to check our heart, check our motives about what you may be calling us to do and calling us to be. Let us take a risk. Let us trust you in greater measure. And God, let us find hope, the thrill of hope again. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you again for listening. If you would like more information about today's message or about our church, we invite you to visit us at CantonChurch.com or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash CantonChurchGA.